That's it. Make it up. Say it again. Make it up. Better than I was before. Better than I was before. Better than I was before. Now that I've let it all go. Better than I was before. Better than I was before. Better than I was before. Now that I let it all go. Welcome to Make It Awkward with Danny Bates and Tom Ross. You said both of them. Oh, sorry. With Tom Ross. Well, you say my name and I say your name. Oh, welcome to Make It Awkward with Danny Bates. <laughs> and Tom Ross. That's what you did the first time. I thought that was like a thing. Oh, we can make it a I thing. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was It was natural. That was not natural. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. We are going to talk about my babies today. And answer your questions. Dos niños. About niños. my... Niño? Niñas. They're female, so... Niña? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't speak no Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about babies. Let's talk about Australia. Do you think you could fight a kangaroo? I want no. someone, someone give us some feedback. Could you box a kangaroo and win? We're waiting. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let us know because it's important. Could you jump in the pocket and beat him up from the inside? Or could you just take a nap in a pocket? How big are the pockets? They're not big enough for you. Could that's a child, for sure. A child could fit in one. Could well then Denny could. <laughs> when he was skinny. When he was skinny. Yeah. He was also fat. He was at a times. portly fella. And he did it because he thought it was funny. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, but he also had, like, eating disorders. But he pretended like it was a joke. Like, for real. Yeah. He finally admitted he had what he called manorexia. I always thought it was funny. So he lived on, like, string cheese and tuna. Tuna and energy drinks. Energy drinks. He hated fish, right? Hated it. But hated he ate tuna every day. <laughs> for, like, three meals. <laughs> like, he ate, like, three cans of tuna, and that was, like, all he ate. So we, I would tell him, like, you don't hate fish. You like tuna. He's like, tuna, that's not, like, real fish. I don't know. It's still real fish. It swims in the ocean. I don't like most fish, though, but I can eat tuna. Yeah, it's delicious. I don't think it's delicious, but I can eat it. Yeah. Let's talk about your babies. My babies are delicious. I would eat them. Like a, like a mama hamster? No, like, that's what... That, that's like a normal thing for moms to say, that their babies are delicious. You know, when babies say they want to... Or moms say they want to chub on their... Chew on their baby's chub. <laughs> chub on their baby's <laughs> chew. <laughs> that's a thing um, yeah let's talk Sounds about them <laughs> so let's talk about your babies your children let's do that Thomas so Winnie is three yes Piper just turned one yes right very different personalities opposite completely opposite well except that they've kind of switched a little bit since Denny died Winnie was like the happiest easiest sweetest child in the world she still is that way but she has a lot more, like, meltdowns, obviously. And then Piper was, like, the grumpiest, brattiest baby in the world. Like, she would not put up with anybody's crap. If you would, like, look and make, like, cute faces at her, she'd just look at you like, what is your problem? Yeah. But now she's, like, a lot happier. 
this obviously has to be like a hard situation for them, right? I mean, yes. We know, we've seen the video, we know that it has had on Winnie, right? Right. And the personality changes, we've talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but how much do they know? Like, how do you tell your kids? What do they know? Like, how does that conversation happen? Yeah, so I talked to um, my therapist and my aunt, who's a therapist, before I talked to them to kind of get some, like, insight. I also talked to a couple people who had lost their parents at a young age about, like, what was good and what was bad about what their parents did and, and what helped them and didn't help them. And so I did get a lot of insight before that. But um, it is a little different with a suicide because it's, you know, people look at it so differently than, like, an illness or something like that or getting hit by a car or whatever. As I've talked about in my podcast with Rodney Norman, uh, my aunt just rushed her out right after they told me. So I had a day or two. She went and slept at my aunt's house, I think, for two nights. So I had a couple days to think about what I wanted to say, which was really good for me to get in, like, a good headspace. And I just said to her, like, you know, daddy's up in heaven. And I tried to explain to her by saying, like, concrete things. Like, I would say, you know how daddy helps you brush your teeth every night? This is hard to talk about. I don't know. This is, like, one of the hardest things to talk about. But um, it, like, makes me sick to my stomach, like, talking about it. But um, I would say, like, you know how daddy brushes your teeth every night? Daddy's not going to brush your teeth anymore. Mommy's going to brush your teeth. Or you know how daddy takes you to the park often after work? He can't take you to the park anymore. Mommy will take you to the park because daddy's up in heaven. And when I was telling her this, I shared this at the funeral, but um, I was telling her this, and I was like, do you know why daddy— had to go up to heaven. I was like, he died. Do you know why he died? And she said, I said, I said to her, he had owies in his heart and in his brain. And she said, no, mommy, his heart broke. And it was like, I thought that was like the sweetest thing that she said that. And like that she had that kind of like insight as a little girl. So she knows that his heart broke and that's what he died from, which is true, you know, and that his brain had owies in it. I believe in something after this. So I tell her that, you know, when she's a really, really, really old grandma, she'll be able to see him again, but not until then. So when she says things like, is daddy going to come home today? I'll be like, no, because are you a really old grandma? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm a baby still, or I'm a little kid. Right. So she, she understands that it's not for a long time. And I think that helps, but she doesn't understand. She's heard me say this word suicide a lot, but she doesn't understand what that means or what it is, or that he made a choice because she's just not capable of understanding it at this age. Does she know, when you talk about it, I mean, we use the word suicide, right? We don't shy away from it. No. Right, because that's important. Right. I don't want it to be a swear word in my house. Right. But does she understand that suicide, like what that means as far as like he killed himself? No. No, she has no idea. And I don't think she understands that, that that's even an option. Like, I don't I don't think she could fathom that yet. Like, I don't think it's in her ability to comprehend that. So I just haven't gone there yet. I, I'm not afraid of talking to her about it. I don't know exactly how I'll approach it when I do, but I just don't think she's capable of understanding that yet. So I think when she gets a little older, I will. Um, I'll just add a little bit at a time so it's easier for her to understand and not so overwhelming, I think, is the plan but she she just can't understand that at this point so right so with all this going on i know at first you had like a flood of people Mm -hmm. wanting to help and they were there and they were taking the kids and they were cleaning the house and they were doing everything so that you could figure out how to put the pieces of your life back together yeah is that still the case um it definitely slowed down around the three month mark and i think it's i've talked about this in a video that i've shared and i'll link it in the notes for the podcast to give more details about that because this is such a common question but I do feel like people have kind of 
moved on to an extent and because they have to and that's they can't just sit around in misery with me forever and I don't want to sit around in misery I don't want to but but I'm still dealing with all this the after effects of this so it's much more real for me than it is for them so I think that people just get busy and they forget and I have a whole video talking about that but I am getting better about reaching out for help and when I do then people do show up and I have a big support group who do who they all do show up when I ask for help how helpful was that with like raising your girls and what impact did, do you think that friends and family and even strangers have had yeah. on girls? Yeah, well, like, some of the people who watch my kids the most frequently now are people who were strangers to me before Denny died. And they have just jumped in and been, like, so willing to help out. And I think that it's amazing. I think that, especially for Winnie, she needs to be—she needs to have a lot of distractions so she's not just thinking about it all the time. Because she has had a lot of time to process it. And so it's good for her to get out and be with friends and be social. And But I always, I don't always have that ability to take her out and to do things like that. And I think it's helped her. I think being around men, especially men that are close to Denny, helps her a lot because she is, like, craving that interaction with, like, a daddy. And I think that Piper, it's helped her. She's just gotten so much more used to people being around that she's so much easier now just in general, like, as a little kid. Like, she's just easier and so I think that although the reason is crappy, I think that what has come from it with other people getting involved has been amazing for my kids, you know? What are some of the other things that have helped with the girls kind of adjusting to the new life? Therapy has been big for Winnie. How did you go about finding a therapist? Uh, I already have a therapist, and she specialized in grief and in child therapy, and I'm basically a child. Just kidding. So it was really easy for me. And Winnie had been coming with me to some of my appointments as I was doing my therapy, working through my mom's death. So it was really easy for me to just have Winnie go to her. And I think it's been great because it's almost like having a family therapist. So I think that that's been the most beneficial for us. But I think probably the first way I'd suggest doing it is contacting your health insurance, whatever your health insurance is, and asking what mental health they cover. Because most insurances will cover mental health, except for like a copay or something, but you have to find out which facilities. And you can do, like once you find out a facility, you can look up the therapists online and you can see their, you know, what they specialize in. And that's a good way to go about it. Um, But I'll also post, I'll give some um, resources for like some websites you can use to find therapists too that are in your area if you don't want to go through insurance. But reaching out to your insurance is probably the best way. What does therapy look like for the girls? Piper isn't in therapy. When she's like three or four, I'll put her in just to make sure she's worked through this stuff. But I don't think it'll have as lasting and as detrimental of an effect as it did on Winnie because Winnie was so much more aware and older. Winnie has been doing play therapy and a lot of people ask what play therapy is and it's basically the therapist lets the kids have control and they have a room full of toys or a sandbox where they can have little figures and what my therapist says to Winnie is let's play out your feelings and so Winnie will go around and choose toys and then like play it out in the sandbox or she will take her toys to the sandbox and it's interesting how she'll often talk about like this is the mommy and the mommy is missing or this is the daddy and the daddy is missing because she'll talk in her own way about Denny being gone or about her fear of me disappearing they just get to work through their stuff by playing it out or by coloring it out or like anything like that is what they do in play therapy and it's 
also good because Winnie has such a lack of control in her life right now. So for her to be able to control the situation, to be able to tell the therapist, this is what we're going to play with, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is what you're going to do, is really therapeutic for her. With us, I've shared that we're going to therapy. She was going to therapy twice a week, and now we've cut it down to once a week. But with that, I do have to do play therapy at home with her. And so it's it's similar. Like, we just do the same thing. We just play with toys, and we act out her feelings, and she'll tell me how the Mickey Mouse character is feeling, if the Mickey Mouse is sad because the Mickey Mouse's dad went away. You know, like, she acts out those things. And sometimes it's things that are totally unrelated <laughs> and have nothing to do with it. But a lot of times it, it it's interesting how she does talk about those kind of things. And one thing my therapist noticed this last time is that Winnie likes to order things when she's playing with toys. She likes to separate into colors and categories and which could be signs of like OCD as a young kid. But for her, I think it's just control. Like she's just trying to have control and make sense of things. So it's super interesting to watch. I wonder what that means for me when I was little on fruit snacks, right? Mm -hmm. Let's separate fruit snacks into colors and the shapes. So what does that mean for me as a grown adult now? You're insane. I still do it. And you need to be put in a mental hospital. Is it acceptable for a, a grown man no. to eat fruit snacks in public? To eat fruit snacks? In yeah. Public? Not to sort them out in colors, though. Like, I wanna, like, just, like I'm at the movies and I just pull fruit snacks out of my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> um, if your kids are with you, yeah. Or in the doctor's office. I, but I do think that's a weird sight for people. Here's a side note. While we're talking about eating stuff, I don't know how we got here. I never know. Did it ever bother you when Denny would eat string cheese? Because he would just bite it instead of peeling it? it. He wouldn't string it. He would just eat it. Yeah. Always bothered me. Yeah, he did a lot of things like that. Or, like, remember how his mustache was so long that he'd have to lift it up to take a bite of anything? (laughs) Yeah, that was gross. (laughs) And one of my favorite things to tell people... This is, like, one of the things that Tom and I have the goal of doing is, like, laughing about things that are weird. Denny's beard was so giant when he died, right? Huge. I'm not even convinced he had a neck anymore. It was just a head with a beard floating on top of his shoulders. (laughs) He he let his mustache overgrow his mouth, which was so gross. hit his lips. Like, no lips at all, no neck. Yeah, and he loved it. He thought it was, like, the funniest thing because he could make any facial expression. And he was like, people can't tell what I'm feeling. But then he'd tell me that he didn't have feelings. So <laughs> clearly he had strong feelings. Dang it, Denny. Yeah, dang it, Denny. Um, that's Winnie's new favorite phrase to say. She'll be like, if I'm frustrated about something, she'll come up to me and be like, hey, mom, dang it, Denny. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dang it, Denny. But when, when the mortuary called me, they're like, the guy's so nice. And he like knows me well at this point because... We we went to this mortuary for my mom when she died. So, like, we know him pretty well, especially for most people don't have that many people die that fast. <laughs> he calls me, and he's, like, super nice about it. Like, um, so what do you want us to do with the beard? Like, and I'm just like, you get that off of his face. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? <laughs> they did a great job, though. They did. He looked so good. Did he, what did they take it down to, like, half inch, probably? Yeah, like it was a lot that they took off, and it was it was it was a six month beard for him, which sounds like it wasn't big, but that man grew body hair like no one you've ever met before. It's true. disgusting. That's true. And Did they save the hair. Ew, like, no. Bag, have a, like, a yeah, I hide it in my in my nightstand, and Stop. I hug it at night and cry. <laughs> I got weird. <laughs> uh, I do sleep with his clothes though. 
that makes me feel better. Yeah. I think that's normal. Hugging beard hair probably isn't. But he, I was like, you get that off of his face. And I like sent him in pictures from his wedding. And he did. He looked just like he did on our wedding. Like they did a great job. But I'm sure Denny was just like so annoyed. But I literally was like, I don't care. You did this to me. I'm cutting off your beard. (laughs) Just a fun fact. Really fun fact. Really fun. So through all this that you've been through, Mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of like pain and a lot of emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. You try to hide that from your kids? No, I don't. I mean, the really traumatic stuff, like if I'm having like a massive meltdown, I do try and hide that because I don't want, Winnie's like a very sensitive kid. Why are you playing with your eyebrows when I'm talking about something serious? It's the source of my power. I have a really long eyebrow. <laughs> just going, like I'm listening. Just like how Denny would have really long chest hair and he'd show you like his like six inch chest hair. It had to been world record. Seriously, it was gross. Guinness, get back to us. But impressive. Can Guinness... Get back yo, to yo, Shout yo. Shout out to Guinness. <laughs> Our new sponsor. <laughs> but there has to be a world record for Chester's, and he was, like, right there. Oh, for sure. For sure. But he probably looked it up, and because he, you know he would, like, go to Guinness if he really did have. Yeah. So he probably looked it up, and he probably wasn't. But stop playing with your eyebrows. Sorry, it's distracting. I, I get these really, like, thick, wiry eyebrows, and it's, like, three on I'm trying side. to be serious. I'm sorry. And you're pulling your eyebrows. I was grooming. <laughs> Don't groom in front of people. That's gross. It's the source of my power. Denny would, like, pick his toenails while we're, like, sitting on the couch watching a TV show. I'm like, that is disgusting. Picture him sniffing them. Ew. Do you know what he did, though? I talked about this on Rodney's podcast, too. He would put deodorant in one arm, sniff it, and then put it in his other arm. (laughs) But it's funny because when I reached out to his first ever girlfriend, Camille, I'm sure you've heard about Camille. Hi, Camille. She's awesome. She'll listen because she's a bomb. But when I reached out to her, she was like, so does he still do that thing? And no, like he was doing that like back then, like in high school. She knew about it? Yeah. She And I forgot that he did that until she brought it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, because I just got on him about it like a couple months ago. Like that is so weird and unnecessary. But he would like rub it in one, sniff it, and rub it in the other. Oh, he'd smell the deodorant, not his armpit. No, smell the deodorant. Oh, I thought you meant like he'd no. like, sniff his armpit. no. Even weirder, right? Like, what's the point in smelling the deodorant? Like, he would rub it in his armpit, not check his armpit, smell the deodorant, and then put it in his other armpit. <laughs> he was a man of depth. Man of depth. He, what were we talking? There's something important. Pain. Pain, pain. and crying in front of my children. Yeah, yeah serious yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, if it's really bad, I try, because Winnie takes on, she's, like, already very protective of me, so I don't want to add to her pain. But I do want her to see me crying and to see me upset because I want her to see that this is like when we deal with trauma, this is a normal way of dealing with it and crying and being upset and working through it and whatever is okay, you know, and my therapist has talked me through it and she says, you know, show her that because and then I talked to her about it and I'll be like, Winnie, do you know why I'm sad? And she says, yeah, because you miss daddy. I'm like, yeah, he's up in heaven and I wish he were here. And we actually were having one of these conversations the other night and she goes, yeah, but daddy's here with us. I thought that was really sweet. And I was like, yeah, he is, huh? And she was like, he can see us, but we can't see him. She, like, understands, like, what I've explained to her now. Like, she's starting to get that he's, like, you know, we believe he's still around and that he's still is a big part of our life. Yeah, we just can't. He's in heaven, right? Right, right. So. But we can't see him. I just thought that was sweet that she said that. So, yeah, I, I try and show them to an extent, but not the worst of the worst. Because I think that I don't want to add to her trauma, like, when they told me she had... 
a massive or I when when they first told me I had a massive meltdown and and that still bothers her so I don't want to add to it yeah I mean there is some time that we'll be like vulnerable right mm-hmm. and we have like those real emotions mm-hmm. and it's hard to even let the ones that love you see you in those kind of states mm-hmm. they do happen right so that's something that I've maybe struggled with of like how much do you let other people see right and you have to like that was one of Denny's problems is that he couldn't let people see that side of him like he the one of the only times I saw him cry well when the Cubs won the World Series obviously obviously and then two days before he died when we were talking about all this stuff going on he sobbed into me and that is like that wasn't like he never cried but like he had built it up for so long and hid this part of him for so long that he was like so embarrassed to show his feelings and what he was dealing with. That was part of it. Right. He just never let anyone in. Right. He would put up these walls that kind of block everyone out. Right. Because he wanted you to see and everyone else to see just the hardworking, successful, funny Denny. Right. And anything that didn't fit into that little teeny box right. that he had created for himself was something that he was ashamed of. Right. And that's why he suffered in silence. Right. That's why he did the thing that he did. Right. And and over time, he got better about showing that stuff and talking about it. But it still wasn't enough. He didn't let out enough for us to see what was really going on. We had no idea. And I think it's hard for anyone. Anyone yeah. would have a difficult right. time. Right. But he had this, like, because his dad was so abusive and tried so hard to make Denny be a man. Like, that was the biggest thing. Is he was like, be a man. Man up. Stop crying. Denny had this, like, perception in his mind that if I cry, if I show any feelings besides happy and mad, that I'm less than a man. And he just wanted to be the exact opposite of his dad in every way. And his dad showed a lot of emotions and a lot of irrational emotions. And so Denny was trying to be the exact opposite, you know? He just had all these things going against him. Yeah. Anyways... So through all Next. of this, yeah, through all of this, mm-hmm. are you going to get a job? Are you going to be a stay-at-home mom? Are you going to find a way to support the family? Are you just going to marry a rich old billionaire? Well, that's the goal that's for an old happen. dude. Um, I love being a stay-at-home mom, and I love being able to be with my kids. I'm willing to work, obviously. I have a bachelor's degree, so I'm capable of getting a good job. I mean, not that... You have to have a bachelor's degree, but it does help me in getting a good job and looking for jobs. And I, I'm definitely capable and willing to. But I think right now, Winnie's like already dealing with the loss of her dad. If I were to go to work full time, she would be a disaster, right? Like it would just, she would just turn into a mess. And she already is a mess. I even talked to the therapist about this and was like, what do I do? And she was like, I mean, if you have to work, you have to work. But if there's any way you can be at home, you have to do that for her. So I have GoFundMe money and a little bit that Denny and I saved up. And then I'm getting some help from some awesome people um, through the rest of this year. So I'm good for a couple more months. And then we'll see at that point how Winnie's doing and how I'm doing and where we're at. Right now, I don't know a lot of answers about like what the rest of forever looks like. But I'm just trying to take it a day at a time. And right now, I'm definitely going to stay as a stay-at-home mom as long as possible for Winnie's sake. you know, And, and for my own to... For me to be able to heal and be with my kids while we heal, I think that it's important. And so I'm going to try as hard as I can to do that as long as possible. Neat. Ready for 
Super rapid fire! Stupid, stupid. <laughs> you did it too! Super rapid fire! <laughs> Super rapid fire question segment, period. <laughs> I just want him to have like a really dumb name for it. Like that. Um, He's usually a lot quicker than he is right now. <laughs> I don't have a dumb name for it. I mean, dumb name! Stupid, stupid rapid question fire. <laughs> there you go. Pretty dumb. <laughs> And go! Uh, at the funeral with Denny, your husband, was in an open casket. Yes. Does Piper understand? No. Do you actually think therapy has helped Winnie? Yes. Are you worried about the girls forgetting about Denny? For sure. Oh, that was two words. Yes! Are you closer to your girls since Denny died? Definitely. Did you want more children with Denny? Yeah. Do you still want more children? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So if you're a rich billionaire out there that's getting ready to die. And wants more children. This one's still fertile. <laughs> Barely. That's weird. <laughs> I just feel uncomfortable. But yes, yes, I. if you're super old and super rich and want one more child before you die, <laughs> here I am. Danny Bates Business at gmail.com. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I've never seen him laugh this hard ever in my life. Thanks for listening to Make It Awkward. We just made it more awkward than ever. We're good at that. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I'm going to let him... The neck is sweating. (laughs) Gosh, I've literally never seen you laugh this hard. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Amen, my brothers and sisters. Peace be with you.